0: Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast
1: that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now, your host, Mark Stoner.
0: Hello and welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner, and today I'm coming to you live from the Caribbean. We uh, I'm out on a sailboat. We are on a team, and our captain is Jim Brewer, and I'm here with a group of guys. So this podcast is going to be a little bit of background noise. <laughs> it's not quiet like normal, so please forgive us. We're on a rocking boat with eight guys in, uh, in here, so you're going to hear some clangs and bangs. But, I'm excited to have Jim Brewer here with me, because Jim has gone through a, a really transformational change in his business and his in his life to embrace a completely different aspect of of business, and that is safety. And I'm gonna, I want you to, I want to talk to Jim today about you know a, how his life completely changed. Uh, on a couple different aspects and kind of what that means to you as a listener if you own a business and you have people that go out every day and do things and in our business in the chimney business they they're it's dangerous every day. So I want to uh, I'm excited to have him talk about his journey. So so welcome Jim.
1: Uh good morning. I'm Jim Brewer and excited to be here. We've had a great week down in the Caribbean racing sailboats and it's been a lot of fun spending time with good buddies here on the boat so um, anyway my uh, my involvement in the chimney industry started back in 1978 I was a firefighter and um, you know most firefighters have a part-time job back then we were going to lots of chimney fires and I said wow that sounds like uh, maybe there's something there. At the time, August West and Black Magic were putting their ads out, you know, make 500 bucks a day and stuff like that. So I I looked into it. I got excited about it and decided to be a chimney suite, never really expecting it to be anything other than a part-time deal because I really loved my job at the fire department. And Mm -hmm. So anyway, after about six years um, of that, uh, I decided to go into chimney sweeping full time. Then, in about 19, I think 84, and was doing it full time ever since. Got heavily involved in the National Chimney Sweep Guild, and then later on the Chimney Safety Institute of America. Um, I was basically their first instructor doing roadshows, uh, training seminars. We evolved that into the week-long sweep school, also teach gas classes, and a lot of building code-related classes for the industry. Um, because of my background in the fire department, and I'm still an active paramedic, I'm still a paramedic one day a week, uh, safety's always been an important topic for me. And so we we had pretty good, well-established safety um, programs in our business. Um, And also probably, it's probably been 12 years ago now, um, I was uh, one of the members of the National Chimney Sweep Guild's uh, task force to work with OSHA to try and get some common sense, rules about fall protection we've been working with them trying to get them to understand that the residential market that we serve is a little bit different than the way their rules are based Um,
0: so that brings up a good point you know our industry is dangerous we have guys out there dangerous every day we tell homeowners how not to be not to be unsafe with their fireplace. Yet, for years as an industry, I feel like we haven't really been safe with our people. We have not we have not done the right thing. So, in that, I know you've been involved with safety. What's been the biggest challenge? And, and I do want to get into your personal story in a minute, but what's been the biggest challenge to get people, our industry especially, to take safety seriously and make it almost mandatory before we risk people's lives and health and, and you know, risk of a fall and hurt? Because I know personally, I fell. I thought I was being safe. I wasn't. I got seriously hurt. But what's been the biggest... Why are we not taking this seriously?
1: Well. I think for too long we've we've as an industry had a an attitude or, or we've we've put the job before ourselves and, and really if I have a message we we have to put ourselves in the safety of our employees if we have employees before the job. Yeah. Um absolutely there is there is no chimney, no job out here worth somebody getting hurt or even worse somebody getting uh killed um, That's an experience that I have lived through um and and trust me, it will change you in lots of ways, and none of them are good
0: well let me just let's just go ahead and get into that you know um A couple years ago you had an accident uh, in your job that most business owners dread ever having that phone call can you walk me through that experience and then what you did about it coming coming away from it because obviously once it happens there's not a lot you can do but going away from that You've done a lot of stuff. You've definitely changed your life. You've changed the industry. You've changed your complete past. So, can you talk about? Can you talk about that day and then what you did since?
1: Okay, so April 6, twenty sixteen. Um, you know, just a normal chimney day. We're out doing chimney jobs, and uh, middle of the afternoon, got a phone call um, from. One of our crews, uh, one of our crew leaders, um, that bill had had fallen and was in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. And so, it's interesting, I had had actually been out and sold this job. Um, It was a, uh, you know, above the roof line, rebuild, mortar crown, etc of a little one story ranch house. Uh, the roof edge was eight feet, nine inches above the ground. Mm. Um, and well, nobody saw what happened. Uh, the accident report pretty well uh, thinks there was a ladder kick out. And, and then Bill fell and hit his head. Mm. And um, so it was bad. Um, so i 'm driving to the hospital, but knowing the house i 'm thinking, okay broken leg, broken arm, yeah. something like that you know I was totally, totally unprepared in fact it hadn't even crossed my mind driving to the hospital that this could result in a fatality and when I walked in the emergency room um, and they told me that that bill had passed away that was that was a a crushing crushing moment mm. um, it just I was I was unprepared for that and because um, Bill was a fireman he knew safety he was a he was an experienced person <laughs> right Yeah. Uh, yes yeah Bill Bill was a great guy everybody loved to work with Bill uh, Bill worked for us part-time he was he was still an active firefighter uh, so you know he was no stranger to safety either so I, I think the real message there is: these things can happen so fast, and and when it does, it's it's can have a bad ending. And and the other thing is, once once a fall starts, there's really nothing you can do about it. It is so fast. I've read statistics on you know reaction time and you know you fall 10 feet before your body can react to it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. your first your brain has to realize you're falling and then it has to send message to your hands to reach out to grab something mm-hmm. by the time all of that happens you've fallen 10 feet mm. you know uh so so reaction time it's just not what you think. You think you're going to slip on the roof and you're going to stop yourself. Don't rely on that because that's often not going to be the case. Mm-hmm. So um, that was that was a tough experience for our company. It was a horrible experience for me personally because, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, Bill was working for me. That's you know that's one me and. Uh, My goal was to make sure that never, never happens again. I wish I could go back and, you know, rewrite the events of April 6th, but that's not possible, unfortunately.
0: So, one, super sorry. I remember we did a fundraiser for him. He had little kids. He had had a family. He's a good person. Um, almost all of us in our industry have known that we have either fallen or we have known people that have fallen yet we still don't take it seriously so you went through that you you decide to get you decide to basically start another company that embraces this and you also became more involved in the training can you one, can you explain what training you do, and then what your company, your new company, does, in the name of it?
1: Okay, so as you know, as soon as I caught my breath after April sixth, I was like determined to find better ways to do things, and started looking at how we could be safer, how we could get fall protection in place, but. Before we left the ground, um, because a lot of times, most we're working in environments, residential homes. There's no anchors for the fall protection. Uh, you would have to secure something into the homeowner's roof. They're reluctant to let you do that, and even if they do let you do it, you still got to get up there to do it. Right. You know, so you're you're taking a risk just getting up there to do it. So. Um, started experimenting and developing good techniques for getting lifelines over buildings before we leave the ground working with suitable anchors and and kind of developed all of that into a system um, that we're using now Um, it's it's a lot of uh, you know climbing techniques that mountaineers have used, and then also some industrial techniques um, that people that work in high places, bridges, wind turbines and stuff, using their equipment and techniques and kind of blending it together into something that that is doable in our industry and doesn't take a lot of time and and works. Right. So, so we send a lifeline over the building, we secure it, uh, to a stationary object, sturdy object, and then we have fall protection before we leave the ground. Right. Um, another big thing that we have done is implemented uh, the use of climbing helmets. Um, you know, it, it's a good likelihood that if Bill had had a climbing helmet on, we'd have a totally different outcome right. from that event. Uh, because in that case you know it was a head injury Um, and
0: well can you explain real quick the difference between a, a climbing helmet and say a hard hat
1: okay so the primary difference between a climbing helmet and a hard hat is a climbing helmet has a strap to keep it on your head if you fall if you're wearing a typical hard hat which is designed to protect your head from falling objects you know and we've all lived with those frustrations you bend over to pick something up and the hard hat falls off right yeah so a climbing helmet it has a strap and and a suspension system designed to keep it on your head in the event of a fall so for
0: us you know you you introduced these climbing helmets and we started we bought them for my company at first it was a little bit of a challenge to get everybody to wear them And we implemented, you know, really forceful rules is really how you get guys to take safety seriously. Because it's almost like some will take it seriously themselves, but then we had rules that you can't step on a ladder without getting one. And we had to have, um, we had to have a safety guy follow crews around and make sure they were doing it and then have penalties. I mean, what's been, well... I don't want to get off track. I want you to just keep going on what your company does. But I can just tell you that implementing safety, thinking about safety and implementing safety are two different things. But and maybe let's get back to that. Keep going about your training and then what your company does uh, to implement or to take that to other companies.
1: Okay. So um, after after I kind of got everything figured out and in, in a in a procedure down for doing things. Um, we started offering training to the industry where we can show you how to use these techniques, how to set up a fall protection system before you leave the ground, um, how you'll be safe you know, throughout your journey, up the roof slopes, do your work, and come back down. Right. And you know, it's, it's not as complicated as we think it is. Um, it's certainly doable. Um, And we just have to take the few extra minutes to do it.
0: How how long does it take to set up a safety gear? How how long are we talking about?
1: Well, um, once you've done it a dozen times, you know, you can set it up in 10 minutes and take it down in five minutes. It doesn't take a long time to do it. Um, And you just have to build it into your system. Uh, build it into your routine and build it into the culture of your company that that safety comes first. Uh, as you've already mentioned, Mark, you know we've we've been focused on consumer safety and safe fireplaces and safe venting systems. We really have to focus on safe work practices, safe uh, safe maneuvers, safe actions from our employees. It's 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 just all important it's the most important thing
0: right we've done we've all done crazy dangerous stuff as as owners as chimney guys and I hope, you know, if you're an owner listening to this, you haven't put your people in dangerous places and say, hey, get up there, I don't care. You know, cause there's been guys been scared on my on my shift, you know, and they say, hey, I don't feel safe. And, and I know for me, I'll look at it and go, man, you can get up there. Man, I know we can do this, but they don't feel comfortable doing it. I've adopted a policy that if they say they don't feel safe doing it, there's absolutely no way I'm gonna make you do it. We're gonna find a safe way that you do it. Um, so that being said you start a new company you start a new company and tell us what one how can people find you know what you do and then what do you offer in this new company
1: okay so i i started a company it's called rooftop safety usa and uh, primarily we're offering safety gear and safety training um we we Demonstrate the training, uh, how to use the gear, Uh, a typical class is about an 8 hour class. We come in, we bring gear in, we get all the students in gear. Uh, We teach them about the types of ropes to use, uh, how to get the lifelines over the roof, how to secure them, how to tie a few basic knots. And then how to use the equipment on the harness we use a combination of ascenders and descenders for going up and down the roof um, and and how to work with the gear Um, so we actually during class have them experiencing the gear um, on the rooftops on the slopes we like to do a class on a you know an easy slope a three or four pitch and then Move to something more aggressive, like an 8 or a 12 pitch, um, so they feel comfortable using the gear. And, and I offer training, I can come into your company and do it for you. Uh, some of the regional and state gills have had us come in and do training for them. And, and also, and this will be the first time this has been heard publicly, but I'm building a, a roof training structure in Chesapeake, Virginia uh, where we will probably offer a monthly class at least monthly during the warm weather um, and and be able to do that training there as well. So. Um, available a number of ways, and also on my website, which is www.rooftopsafetyusa.com. I've got a lot of great videos, uh, maybe 20, 25 videos up there showing different phases of, of the setup how to use the gear and all so take a look at that and certainly give me a call if you have any questions i love to talk about safety
0: yeah so we uh we're out on a on a boat where we uh we've done this race in the caribbean we sail on the heineken regatta right now at this point every two years and uh jim's the captain of the boat and For some reason, this year, at this race, it's been probably the most dangerous set of circumstances we have ever been in, by far. I'm not sure, some of it is the way they made the courses, some of it is just bad luck, some of it is more aggressive drivers, but we have seen one crash after another out here with these big multi-ton boats. Just going crazy, and you know, I can say personally, knowing Jim as concerned with safety, it kind of freaked you out. And to to put it to put it lightly, it freaked you the hell out. But um, but you know, you brought up a point the other day that I thought was interesting. You go, hey guys, you know, because honestly, you were freaking out more than us, but you're also in control of it. And you said something that really meant a lot to me. You said, hey. I'm taking this probably more seriously than you guys because I've got I've got more weight on my shoulders. I've seen how bad this can go. And I that that made me pull back a little bit because I'm I'm more aggressive. I'm always pushing, I'm pushing. And you said, Hey, you haven't really had the same experience as I have. And it that made me pause. And that made me think, you know what, Mark? You're right. You haven't. Can you fundamentally how did that that death of an employee? How did that change you as a person?
1: Wow, um, that's a, that's a tough question, and it, it 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 rocked me to to the core of my beliefs. That you know, we life is life is short. It's it's precious. And things happen quickly and unexpectedly. Um, I'm I'm sure Bill didn't expect April 6 to go the way it went for him. Um, nobody in our company expected that, and we we just have to start living a a culture of safety and in making safety the most important thing because it's affected me in a lot of ways um, that I'm not not excited to re-experience you know I don't want to go through that type of situation again um, every day we were talking about safety and if you have any doubts just back off the job there is there is no shame in saying I need help or I can't do this I don't feel safe with this we we have to realize how important how sacred someone's life and is and we don't want anybody getting hurt everybody's got to go home at the end of the day that's that's the most important thing it's more important than your profits uh, it just has to be so yesterday or two days
0: ago we were in a race and um we were it should not have been a very and and i'm just kind of making the point that safety creeps up on you in a place that you actually don't realize you're it's going to be dangerous so we're in a boat race and we all know that it can be dangerous but we were actually there's some boats in front of us that that were just kind of trying to make a turn and got tangled up but next thing you know one multi-ton boat speared another one right in front of us and they got all tangled up and the next thing you know we heard uh you know the boat put its sails down and a person is injured and they're hurt and it, it happened just like that. Boom, person's hurt. And and we've had situations on this boat where something's flipped. We weren't ready, knocked a person down, uh, hurt a person. Not bad, but no, nothing like it could be. I think that's how safety is. For me, when I fell... I thought I was being safe, and then something slipped and moved. And, I, I, and uh, you know, Bill was climbing on a ladder. He had done every—if he, he knew what he was doing, he could just jump down from there. No problem if he didn't get knocked off. It seems like safety is the sudden change of environment, change of events, and then you're hurt. So your whole point to me is— take all that away to begin with so there's no possible slips there's no possible things because everybody thinks they know how to be safe and they're going to be safe at the right time it's the the problem is the time you don't know when it's coming
1: yeah things things change in the blink of an eye and it's often you know talking to other people that have been through stuff like this it's the simple stuff that you think, oh, man, I can hop up there, pop that cap on, get back down, whatever, little easy roof, you know, um, those are the ones that get you. I mean, when you show up and it's steep and it's scary, okay, that's we're going to be careful up here. Right. But it's it's the other ones that, that you feel comfortable on that get you that's that's where you so the message is safety always always has to be the forethought it has to be the prime most important singular consideration of the job is how are we going to accomplish how are we going to complete this task safely yeah
0: well Jim it's been a pleasure uh it's it's really been interesting seeing your your transition as a business person you're now you know you sold your chimney business and you're full into safety you talk safety every day you see safety we're out here on the seas I see you live in safety in in a pretty dangerous environment at all times at any point some things can go wrong and and uh a few years ago we were we were just at anchor and um we were we were just sitting out you know the the seas are rocking and we're all asleep next thing you know this boat that we were on lost anchorage and we were we were sliding back towards some huge rocks and it it became a situation where we all thought we were safe and then in a in a flash moment we could have been against rocks all in the water at night Super dangerous situation. Funny thing was, it freaked us all out. We're running around, running around, trying to find the keys to start the boat and uh and the next thing you know that and i mentioned this last week that we uh the keys were in the damn ignition <laughs> so yeah. but what happens under panic and we've had it happen on this we were we've been panicked a few moments and chaos comes about in panic time and i think i think your new role and we're going to wrap up this podcast of you know, sometimes people, when, when something bad happens, they have post-traumatic stress and post-traumatic, you know, uh, change in their life. And sometimes people have post-traumatic success. And I, and I think you're one of those guys, of course it affected you, but you're determined to make a bad, a really bad situation not happen for others, not happen for you. And, and you're doing the most you can about that that you possibly can do and and i really commend you for that and that it's just such a cool story so thank you for sharing i know it's really personally tough uh to share some of those really tight moments so thank you and again uh just how if people want to know more about safety and how to contact you can you give them some of your contact info
1: Um, Sure. Uh, The company is Rooftop Safety USA. You can find us on the internet www.rooftopsafetyusa.com and my email is jim at rooftopsafetyusa.com and the phone number is 757-390-2774. Great. So, two things.
0: Jim's going to also have a booth. If you're in the chimney business, he's going to be at the HPBA show next week. Nope. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I was wrong about that. I thought he was going to be at the HPBA. He's not because we've been on this trip this whole time. He's going to be at the National Chimney Sweep Guild uh, in Orlando, the national convention there, and you can uh, talk to him. So, guys, that's our time. I hope you enjoyed our our, uh, show with Jim Brewer, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Coming to you bunkered down in my home in Nashville, Tennessee. This is Mark Stoner. Not really bunkered down, but who knows what's coming. Uh, scary times for everyone. Uh, you know, I usually talk about the possibilities and what can happen, uh, in the, in a good light, in a good sense. And right now, no one knows what's going on. No one knows what will happen. Uh, we are all trying to do our best and we are looking hopeful for the future. But every day watching the news, it's scary and I want to talk about that in this episode about how it can affect your business, your personal life and also some personal responsibility during this time. Uh the first thing I want to talk about though is an announcement if for this is just for the chimney people out there if you are doing education um CSIA and SureFire are offering 50% off of all the online training for the next 60 days. If you're a current subscriber, you don't have to do anything, you're going to get you're going to get half off. But if you're looking to train, it couldn't be a better time to do it. Uh, one of the best things is this, is the subscription model where you have access to close to a hundred courses. There's courses from me on there. There's courses from NFI, Alan Rush, who you've heard on this class on this uh, podcast before. He's got sales courses. Jim Brewer's got techni- technical courses, safety courses, uh, gas troubleshooting courses. There's all of CSI's reviews on there. And online physics, uh, chimney physics, and uh, just tons of courses that you can take. And the main thing is take advantage of whatever you're being dealt right now. And one way to take advantage of of what's being dealt is to do as much as you can at home or at your office if you're not in people's homes. So CSI, if you want, if you have interest in that, go to www.surefireacademy. And go there, and you can sign up for that. And we will do our part to get you the best education we can at the best price. All right, let's talk about this coronavirus thing and how it affects your business. And, you know, I'm not really sure, no one really is sure how it's gonna shake out. You know, for me, the first thing I did was I made an announcement to my company about how we're going to handle you know, some of, you know, how how are we going to handle this? Uh, what is our policy? You know, we're going to keep working. We're going to keep doing our, our appointments if people want us to. Um, we are going to be washing our hands, sanitizing. We won't be shaking hands with customers. Uh, we will be taking extra measures to wash and clean things and not touch things. And if anybody is sick at all, they're not coming into work and we don't, You know, we're not going to push this thing at all. And so um, that was my first step. Tomorrow, I'm going to have a meeting with my team about what to do uh, money-wise. You know, how are we going to watch spending? How are we going to, what are we going to offer people? What what do we need to do as a management team in response to this? Probably going to put out a message for my customers as well, what to expect from us. And so those are some of the things to do as a business owner. Of course, no one could predict this, but, you know, it's funny that a lot of these preppers who've got plenty of food, plenty of water, plenty of toiletries, plenty of whatever they need, guns and ammo, now are the smart ones, you know, and... Now you got panic preppers now running and getting toilet paper and trying to stock up on more toilet paper than they'll use in 5 years. And it's really dumb. It's really really dumb what how people act in a panic. But understand that's how people act in a panic and you could almost predict it so no one could predict this but you to think that, that stuff will never happen is really irresponsible for us as americans you have access to a lot of things you could have been prepping for something going wrong you know for a long time we are in a great economy and you need to understand that some of this illusion that we, you know, we feel about safety and we feel about our rights and we feel about access to goods and services and access to our freedom can all be taken away very quickly. And you are seeing it unfold in a huge global fashion right now. It's scary. It's scary when they can tell you you can't go anywhere, you can't travel. In some cases, these states of emergency say you can't buy weapons, you can't buy ammo, you can't buy guns. You can't do all of these things that we think are freedoms. And they can announce it and just do it. You know, I remember a few years ago after during Katrina, and I saw... Um, you know when the government couldn't get in there, and basically it was just thug law. You know whoever whoever had the guns was the law. And I remember seeing these guys walking down streets with shotguns and, and and weapons, and they were the law. They could rob you, they could loot from you, they could take whatever. And you know I, I read one time that America is about six meals away from chaos. If we if you don't eat for about six meals. Things can go crazy and, and, and you know we're a pretty charitable country we 're a pretty charitable you know group of people in general, but you can see real selfishness come about when you're scared of for your freedom, you're scared for your livelihood, you're scared for your health, you're scared period and the best thing you can take from this, I think. Is to understand that it can happen again on a bigger scale. What if they shut down the internet? What would we do? What if they shut down, you know, rights for you to go outside of your home? You know, what if you know there are soldiers walking through here keeping you in place? You know, again, there's not a lot you can do about some of it. But what if the banking system fails? What if, you know, we've seen the stock market tank a lot. But, my point is not to be doom and gloom in a sad time. My point is when everything anything is bad happening, you must learn from it and my thing, what do I need to learn from it? I need to you know I, i'm going to tell you what I have done over the years, and i I still don't think I've done enough, but i'm going to tell you what I have done in in a small way uh to kind of you know I hope you don't think I'm weird or. Too crazy, but I have you know about three months worth of dry goods and food to get by uh, in case it 's needed. I have water sources that uh, you know you can clean water in case you don 't have clean water that you can sterilize water. I have um, you know lights and i have I have weapons and I have ammo and I have cash and I have some gold and some silver. Um, and I have things that are out of the market in case things go wrong. Um, I have things out. Now, I'm a big fan of you know stock market, and I'm a big fan of all those things. But I'm also a fan of taking personal responsibility and having some things that only I control if needed. Hopefully, I'll never need them. Hopefully, I'll never use them. But I think it's irresponsible of us to think that, everything will always be okay um hopefully it will but to think like that i mean you're seeing a small taste i think or maybe a big taste of what can happen and and things can go very wrong so let's hope for the, be- the best and prepare for the worst save your money put some money into some hard assets you know my dad told me when i was a little boy or not when i was a little boy when i was a young man he said um he said, "If you buy a gun, you know you you 'll never lose money if you buy a good gun, a good quality weapon you won 't lose money it 's almost like putting money in a savings account now if you 're not a gun person don 't buy a gun i 'm not advocating for that, but if you aren 't afraid of guns or you want to learn about them, you never know you never know what 's going to happen and again it 's not a waste of money because if you need to sell it, you can pretty much get your money back out of it and um, so i I have those those things." in my life that I'm prepared for, and but I didn't prepare on enough toilet paper and hand sanitizer, apparently. I would have never thought that was the case, but now it kind of makes sense that if you've got a flu that goes around, that's one of the things that could could help you. So anyway, I hope you're okay out there. If you're listening, I hope you're not too panicked. I I mean, I'm not panicked. Um, I mean, I hate to see it. I really hate to see what's happening in Italy, you know, I travel over there every year. I have a lot of friends over there. We have, you know, uh, you know, we go to the uh Chimney Festival over there, and to see what's happening is terrible. I think I read today was yesterday, 327 people died yesterday from it, and 25,000 cases, and it's the second worst uh, outbreak next to China. And I don't really know why. I don't know the reasons why it's gotten so bad over there. Yeah, I don't know if that's a precursor to what's going to happen in the U.S. or it's, it's you know, U.S. is taking appropriate steps. I have to think that when the world is involved, the world will fix the problem. I think we're about to see some amazing things happen in the next few weeks when america gets into something we fix it we stop it we we rally around it now that being said there's a lot of countries that are developing things i heard some good things from canada i heard some good things from israel and i think when the world puts its best brains and full effort into something i think we're going about to see some really really cool stuff happen to help and but, you know, the world's kind of getting punched in the mouth right now. And, and now how do we respond? How do you respond as a business, you know? How are you going to get by? Uh, we, none of us know. Uh, hopefully, you know, I've been saying for a couple months I was a little worried about a downturn in the economy. And so make sure you're profitable when you're doing jobs. Make sure you're saving money. Um, hopefully you, you were able to do that and you can weather a storm for a while. Um, If not, we'll get through this. Nothing lasts forever. This too shall pass. Uh, You know, when you look at any of the downturns in the economy, they seem to last not more than about 18 months. And, um, you know, be good to people. You know, show a good human side. Try to help other people. You know, when I see all these people that are just raiding the, the stores, just being selfish as can be, it's one of the worst things you can do. You you need to just still stay rationed and still stay, um, you know, relatively calm and do the right things by people. You're going to make it. I think we're going to look back at this and look at all the stupid stuff people did and hopefully look at some of the heroic things people did. But I, I hope you're okay out there. I know if you're in America, you're pretty much okay. There's very few cases and very few deaths, but you know right now at this at when i'm making this i think there's been roughly 60 deaths but you know 167 people die every day from the flu so at this point it's not worse than the flu but clearly it has some different uh tendencies that can be very very dangerous and scary so i hope we get a lockdown on this and we um we get a good grip on it um, before it gets a good grip on us. I Right now, what I'm going to do as a business, if we do slow down a lot, I am going to take advantage of training my people as best I can. We're going to still do online training. We're going to train in-house. We're going to kind of try to do as much, as much as we can so when we come out of this, we're stronger for it. You know, if you just, if you literally Netflix and chill right now, that's probably pretty dumb. That's really dumb to waste your time. Read some books right now, watch some YouTube videos, learn some things, get on the internet and and take this time to come out of this stronger than you came into it. You know, a lot of people always say they don't have time to do stuff. You know, do some working out, you know, reading. Uh, I think, again don't waste this time it's the time to strengthen up you have a big break imagine you have a one month break to 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 get better in not to be scared in make take advantage of it come out of the stronger you know one of the things i read too was you know working out and exercising again makes your immune system stronger so be doing do some sweating, do some exercising, you know, um maybe do some running, whatever you want to do to sweat and exercise and make sure your immune system is strong as possible. Seems like, you know, good advice. It seems like that's what, you know, you need to be thinking about and doing. Uh the next thing is I want to talk about um